Every day I cycle into work, and most days I cycle past the Carlton Tavern, a handsome 1920s building situated on the edge of the Paddington Wreck and close to the affluent Queen's Park area. For most of the time I've been cycling past it, the Carlton Tavern has been a building site, a derelict estate in the middle of a redevelopment hotbed, destined, I thought, to become another block of luxury flats. And then one day, the Carlton Tavern was splendid again. As the newspapers told it, campaigners and activists came together to interrupt the illegal bulldozing of a heritage site. And while I commuted in blissful ignorance, the community response was underway to demand the brick-for-brick -brick rebuild of a community pub for the people in Maida Vale. Tom Rees and Ben Martin own the lease for the pub now, and I had reached out to them to get the inside story of that redevelopment. You're listening to Served With Podcast, and today's episode is about the Carlton Tavern and how Tom and Ben have made good on that campaign by creating a pub in line with the heritage and the local story they have inherited. There's a lot of folklore around <clears throat> what actually happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is really, it's really capitalised on that quite well. I mean, some people do think we rebuilt um, it. Uh, when someone comes in like, you're the guys who rebuilt people. the pub, it's like, yeah, yeah, that was us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, before we break it down, I know it was a campaign. And like, Look at these hands. Yeah, yeah. Palaces. These hands. Uh, it, was, it was half destroyed. Pretty much done. There was a far wall that stood and the cellar. Yeah. What was, what became our so, setup? But so the, the, the like toilet. The week before the ruling was due on whether it was a listed building. So, so I, there's a lot of, yeah. we'll never know. There's a, like, there's a, there's there's a, a lot, lot of stock photos. So it looks like someone was doing some heritage work because there was tons there, of stock photos. Yeah, it was. It was uh, historic, um, historic England, sorry, that's what. Yeah. Historic England were asked to come down to look at the pub. I, I think that it wasn't anything to do with the, the demolition originally. I think it was to do with, can we, you know, you, you see, facades of buildings, like they're apartments, but they've still got the tiling of a pub or whatever, those sort of things. Right, so, okay. so I think it was more to do with protecting certain parts of the pub because it was a, a, uh, a good example of a 1920s particular style of building, like it, an arts was, and crafts style. 1920s is the sort of... Built in 1921. It's built by a local architect, um, I can't remember his name. Potter. James Potter or something. James yeah, Potter, he, he yeah. built some, um, he was from a line of architects based in Hampstead and they built like, some of the Hampstead Garden suburbs. Some of the stuff, stuff. And some of the stuff in Highgate as well. Um, so yeah, so it was like, you know, like guys, so it was, it was a good example of that type of building. Anyway, Historic England come down, they look at it, they take tons of pictures, they go away. In the meantime, I think, <laughs> and, and this is us sort of reading through the lines, yeah, no one really is, knows, no yeah. one's really copping to what actually happened. Yeah. But I, I think, it, there would be a, some planning advisor somewhere would have said, look, this is going to be a nightmare. We don't want to have to protect all this facade. That would cost loads more money. So let's just proceed at risk, knock it down, and we'll, we'll get retrospective permission. So there's permission. a stories. Some would say, like, you know, you'll get a fine, but the, the, flat, the, cu the cu cost of the flats will cover your fine. You know, like, yeah, yeah. But there were people employed at the yeah. time in right, the pub. Right, okay. The, yeah. the, the, the pub was running. The, the business was alive. Yes, it was running. Yeah, 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 yeah. the pub was running. I think they were told to just, you know, have, yeah. take the weekend off. So you could turn up to work on Monday... And yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was, it was a bit like the, that. The person who turned up on my thing, did I leave? Did I leave, the, did I leave something on? <laughs> I left the gas on. Yeah. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> but, 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 I mean, whatever happened around that, and again, well, I don't think we'll ever know the full deal, but basically, someone said, do it. I, I, don't, I really don't believe Arlano was the guy who said, no, nah. he's but. For the story, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. big evil developer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, smash he's, it down. He's, I don't care. he's currently our landlord, yeah, and he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's a good, he's a, good he's guy. a nice guy. <laughs> You've got to say that. <laughs> no, no, no. I generally, oh. no, we have, we haven't yeah. really, you know. But he is generally not. Like I think, you know, I guess the way that we've read it is, you know, in terms of that emotional, like, I guess 
talking about pubs and what they mean to the community and the emotional connection that people have to pubs, I don't think he quite understood that at the time. You know, he yeah. didn't get that. He's an overseas, he's an overseas businessman, and I don't think he understood what yeah. that what the actual building stood yeah. for and what it meant to the to the you know. He was genuinely the community. really. He was one of the first people through the door. Genuinely really happy. Yeah, really pleased. I waving the receipt with the carton towel yeah. at us when he bought lunch with his, his girlfriend. He was really happy. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't in the detail. Yeah. Someone he got said, some bad there are other people involved as well. Someone said, yeah. do it. Yeah. They said yes, which is ultimately, he's cop for it. Yeah. And he's had to rebuild it. So, so I guess what happened really was, yeah, they started smashing it down, which was wrong. And local people did come out of their houses because a lot of residential around and people called the council. I'm still getting pictures. Like I got a new, new set of pictures the other day saying it was my birthday. I was walking past. We're still getting... Yeah. Like, yeah, you see so lots of the ones in the press, there's tons of pictures you see of it being yeah. bulldozed or on the news, and <laughs> there's some new ones coming out every week. There have been, there are, I can't believe the thing ever got knocked down, because there's about 10,000 people that are told us <laughs> they were there on the day, yeah. Everyone's campaigned to, everyone yeah. campaigned to get it rebuilt, everyone. Yeah. And, but they're, they're, and, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was. How the hell did they ever knock this down? There was, but, no, look, I, I think the lovely thing about that is that, we joke, but there are tons of people who are involved. Everyone mm. came out of their houses, mm. and, it, and it was really nice. It was a, it was a community, it's a story of community strength. Yeah. Came out, and, and they said, whoa, whoa, you've got to stop, called the council. And it was some real, sw you know, swift action. And they did stop halfway through the demolition. Yes. They yeah, they didn't complete it, no. Yeah. So well, what stands <laughs> from is looking at some of the pictures. One wall. <laughs> they didn't do bad. <laughs> they, they, had a, they had like a digger, <laughs> a couple of cones, and some geezers in high vest. It was, it was not. Yeah, it's uh, not a pro setup. It, like, it was all a bit like. <laughs> Quick! Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they had the permits. Uh, in but yeah, I think like, the far yeah. wall remains. You can see when you look at the pub, there's just literally a very small section yeah. of the far right wall, and everything underneath yeah. remains. So like, oh, the, the toilets are the original, but we we kept the original urinals because we liked the detail. But we've tidied them all up around. And Between the point of it getting knocked down, so it got stopped. The council got called. I think um, several councils got involved, and they. They were amazing. They sort of stopped it and said, well, let's just put it all on hold. I said, let's just pause and think about what's going on here. Uh, influential local residents who kind of got everyone, corralled everyone together. There's, there's Polly, there's uh, Rob Cope. Um, and they kind of formed a bit of a campaigning group, um, used Facebook and social media to sort of get everyone together. And it's and it great. And obviously everyone loves a, a pub rebuild and loves a one in the eye for the developer kind of story. Yeah, yeah. They went to court and then there's this Westminster were really great, uh, the council were, were great, everyone pulled together and got behind it. But then I think that it was originally he was forced to rebuild in about 2016 and they sat on it for about two or three years and yeah. then they served more papers on him saying you've got a certain amount of time to get the build completed. People don't like developers. No, and, no. But, and particularly around pubs. Yeah. And, and uh, you know what, I, I don't, I think if you're going to point fingers, you've got, you've got to ask the questions. Uh, so you've got to go back and say, why, why was the pub sold to a developer in the first place? What, you know, go and try and peel it back a few layers. Because I don't, I don't begrudge a developer trying to buy an asset and build a business, right? That's their business. We run pubs, they're our business. But I do think there needs to be a, maybe more protection for historic pubs or, or pubs in general. But also, there's tons of pubs, yeah, and they're not all yeah, yeah. viable. You can't, they're not all good, you know, they're not going to be running businesses. And, and that's not necessarily, that is to do with, you know, how, like the rent, that's to do with the, the cost base that everyone's working from now, labour's gone up, you know, cost of goods going up, like all these headwinds, as, as the, the big boys talk about headwinds every year, massive headwinds coming our way, how do we offset them? Well, if you're small operators, you, you get no chance to offset, you've you just got to deal with them all, and you either put your prices up, which is what is happening now, or, or you go under, and there's tons of businesses that will just go under. Between 2000 and 2019, 22% of the pubs in the UK closed. 
perhaps a decline in casual drinking culture, or, as Tom suggests, economic headwinds destroying businesses. This is Served With Podcast, and next, I wanted to understand how the Carlton Tavern is going to continue to buck the trend after it survived by the skin of its teeth. I think, um, I mean, we, you know, we do talk about stuff, it's quite some macro industry stuff, but it, when, you're, when you're doing a single site and, and, and you're really, and you know the area inside out, Ben having grown up, I've lived down the road, we yeah. spent a lot of time walking, walking mm. the area, walking the site, looking at the houses, looking at the cars, looking at the building, knowing the people in the area. And we really did, we did know that area completely yeah. inside out. So I think you've got to do that in any locations, you know, absolutely the most important thing. And, and knowing the traffic flows, what direction people move in, you know, towards the tubes, away from the tubes. Are you, are you on a thoroughfare? Are you where, where someone gathers? All of those things are incredibly uh, important. You know, you can be in the middle of, there's businesses that fail in the middle of central London. Mm-hmm. They've got hundreds of thousands of people piling past, but they're just not in the right spot for dwell time or whatever. Yeah. But it was like, it just, it felt like there was so much, not, it wasn't the risk, it was like going into a building that had been pretty much knocked down and not having any certification for the electrics. There was a lot, plumbing, there's all these other things that you think about behind the scenes of taking on something, that responsibility. And once we take it on, then it becomes our responsibility. It wasn't a working building. And I think Westminster guys were great at getting the rebuild done, but it looked, it was like a film set. So it wasn't, it wasn't a working, it wasn't an operating pub. And the, the, everyone kept using this phrase, it just has to be an operational yeah, yeah. pub. But their, their version of operational is very, very different from our version of <laughs> so operational. I think, what they, I what think they said it would help to make it a bit operational, actually. Yeah. Serving beer well, is definitely... I think, what, I think the, 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 the bar, the barrier for that was like, if you could open a bottle of beer, put it on the counter, yeah, and yeah, put yeah. some change in a lockbox, that's yeah, yeah. effectively operational. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of intimidating to go where somebody else has not done so well. I mean, the cold time before haven't failed and completely, but yeah. it was obviously not the yeah, yeah. pub that you wanted to create. No. Um, there's obviously, and, 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 and the kind of the, the, the big picture background and the reason that the Carlton Tavern ends up getting knocked down flat in the first place is a, a decline in the number of people drinking at pubs mm. and a decline in the number of pubs in big picture times in, in, in England. Yep. Um, and I wonder what you think about, or, or how you thought about making a success of it in, in that context. Yeah, I, I, um, or they're not putting the right offering. And yeah. I think that's. So I think one of the benefits of working for our previous pub company is we took took quite a lot of pubs that were some were backstreet boozers, some were on high streets, some were a little bit further out of cities. And you kind of the pub, you have to start with what the pub tells you what, what, what you need to do for the environment, you know, yeah, so we've yeah. talked about this quite a lot in terms of, you know, we can put what we want out of a pub into it and, and we've done it enough and, and kind of know what we'd like out of a pub, but the environment creates that offer for you, if you know what I mean, some, in some respects. So you need to kind of adapt that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people well, fail because they just, they have a, a, a brand or a, or, a, or a concept, they swear, oh, we're gonna drop that concept in there and that is it. And they, they have not a lot of fluidity in terms of their kind of, is more listening than vision, and, yeah. and yeah. You've, you've inherited a site with a huge amount of character and like a specific story. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, you, you personally built it back brick for brick. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Still, <laughs> like, my shoulders still playing up. As you said, you wrestled the, the crane to the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Snatched the guitar out of his hand. Over there. Yeah. How, and then you know the area very well. How, yeah. how, how have you translated that character to the to the pub? Yeah. So, so I think I think that 
The, the good thing is we know pubs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I think we started a base of our values as well, which is what we kind of, it's all about local supply, yeah. sustainability. You know, so we kind of, we, it all began from these values that we wanted to work within because we've done, you now we've compromised ourselves, I suppose, working for the bigger guys and, and kind of sometimes you just have to just roll out pubs and there's a lot of waste. We see a lot of, a lot of money being wasted on, you know, I know, on a kind of identikit that just like the opening identikit, they just spend tons of money getting all this kitchen yeah. equipment in, or, or just and it ends up just sitting in cellars, and you know, just loads of money gets wasted. I think our values were all about just making sure that we didn't waste anything before we started. This is Served With Podcast. And next, I wanted to ask how Tom and Ben intended to create a pub to reflect and express the local area, to live up to the community pub name. We understand every nook and cranny of that business, so because yes. we've literally been on our hands and knees trying to get it up to to where it is today. And you know, I, I suppose, I mean, I guess there was a heritage were uh, working alongside the builders to make sure that they were doing all the mouldings. And I think some of that detail stuff they probably concentrated a little bit more than the actual solid build. There's a, there's a, there's a few bits that we've had to go back and yeah, yeah. And address, but and we chased a lot of bits with the builders. Done and a better job on the details. Yeah, the details are a lot better job than than some of the actual fundamental build. And, that's more expensive. Well, uh, yes, I guess, yeah. and that's the stuff they. You know, that's the stuff you can do at pace, and that's the stuff that maybe wouldn't have got scrutinised as much during the rebuild. Yeah. So all the mouldings look great. You walk it, and, and it, it is quite amazing when you do have people coming in. Okay, like this was rebuilt like three years ago, because they have done a really good job. But until you actually look, really look at it all, and then you can see. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not I think we tried to put a, uh, <laughs> we put a baby changing thing up the other day, and literally Tom almost went through. Like, zzz, went through. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, like, it's a big void sitting there. Anyway, yeah, I no, think there were void before. Gap. Look at the site. I, I didn't believe that the site was ever going to be a pub, and um, and when I saw a big, a big um, hoarding outside that said opening soon. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So that's on Pink Winchest. Yeah. Anyway, inquired about it. They came back with some eye-watering level of rent. Fast forward another six months, yeah. we're on furlough, the world's changed, turned upside down. Yeah. We had another conversation that was a little bit more amenable. You know, we wanted to work with local suppliers, you know, be, be slightly different to all the business we've done before, really engage local communities. The idea of localism and kind of trying to keep supply chain small at the time of the pandemic felt really pertinent mm. because everyone was re-engaging with their local area. The building. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit of a mix of an area, isn't it? Because you've got above, you've got Queen's Park and there's yeah. this kind of thoroughfare on Queen's Park that kind of comes around. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the Carlton Town itself is on a slightly quieter, it's, it's a through road, there's cars driving along it, but there's, yeah. there's not less foot traffic. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the other side. So we're, we're one of the major, major entrances to the wreck, which is yeah. the park, Paddington wreck. But instead of this pretty standalone, instead of it's very residential where we are, we've got the school just across the way. Yeah. And it used to be a sheltered accommodation, which is now closed, and they're going to knock that down and rebuild it. I think it's going to be assisted living there. And then there's all the development on Carson Vale, which is happening at the moment. Like yeah. Huge but, amounts of development. Yeah. I've got a bit of beef with people talking about community pubs, because what they really mean, it's used as a bit of a, uh, a byword for kind of blue-collar drinking, you know, geezers at the bar, yeah. drinking cheap, cheap land lager. And... But, but every community is different, right? So every, every community pub needs something different. And our community is, you've got St. John's Wood, we pull from St. John's Wood, from Abbey Road, from Maida Vale, from Queen's Park, from Kilburn. There's a massive diverse and tons of money as well, lots of like well-established money. So we've tried to retain the pub, um, 
and, and then also do food in a, in a much more meaningful way. And like our, a small batch distillery. Our, um, yeah, the gin is actually a really good example of perhaps where we where we thought something would be the case and we did. We walk into most pubs now and there's about 50 gins by the bar. The, the problem is, right, you can't train. I think it was one of your previous podcasts, um, the wine sommelier guy said, yeah. you know, if you've got a massive list, you've got to think about how, how to train the team. It's much better to have a, a smaller curator list that they know a lot about. And with Jim, we've only got, we've basically got one gin. <laughs> because we ordered loads that didn't come. But we used to work in this world where you, where you had to have, you know, and then you, we, we tried to cut it down in our old companies, but you still had 15 gins. The staff knew two of them. Yeah. And the, the guests knew one of them. Yeah. So they come in and just see Hendrix and go, I'll have that or Gordon's. And you don't sell them weird and, and I think it just feels really gin. inauthentic. And I think that's what we kind of base on. We need to be authentic. And so that's why part of it is picking the story. So a lot of our stuff has a story behind it. So Victory Gin has a story behind it. Yeah. Sapling has a story behind it. So it's a lot easier to sell it into our team. And you know what? No one has asked for it. People ask for gin and tonic. Every now and then we tell a bit of a story and people love it. And that's enough. You know, that that's enough. Bad. People don't, they don't care. This is Served With Podcast and I'm listening to the story of the Carlton Tavern. Finally, I was curious about what it means to create an authentic pub. It's that George Orwell yeah. essay, right? About the perfect pub. Yes, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yes. And one of the attributes is that they sell liver sausage. Okay, yeah. Right, okay. Liver sausage. Like liver sausage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of those things. Yeah, I think if George Watt was alive today, he'd be able to get liver sausage. You won't, you won't have much longer left. If yeah. you what you want is the gentrified Scotch egg, right? That's the modern liver sausage. Yeah. With, the, with yeah. the runny yolk. That's what we do. That's what we do. The runny yolk. Yeah, 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 I mean, I guess it's funny because you try to like, you want to do like the bell jar with a pork pie and, you know, you want but you can't, you can't put them on the, on the bar anymore because everyone gets freaked out by health and safety. Like we, yeah. when we were putting our snacks, our bar snacks list together, and I'm just talking about the dry bar snacks, yeah. we just went, let's just get Tato's, banging packet of crisps, charge a pound, yeah. dry roasted peanuts, salted peanuts, in a packet, not yeah. in a jar where you put artisan pistachios, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Which are, we've some pubs that done all that, and I'm not against it, but we just wanted a good old classic, you know, scampi flavoured fries. And don't charge crazy money yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you know we, what what the, the best the best pub snacks is where the pub that i used to go to back in bristol when i was at university they 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 what they did was you'd be sat in the beer garden and then a woman would come up with a big tray of crucially <laughs> freshly cooked sausage rolls yeah yeah i've got this many sausage rolls <laughs> yeah. and you're all buying them yeah 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 and, and when they're gone they're gone and when they're gone they're gone and they're hot yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that to me is the... Were they homemade sausage rolls? Yeah, yeah, she just made them. Nice, she nice, nice. She just took them out that's, there and made them. That's great, that's great. Yeah, that to me, good. that's the pinnacle. Well, we were talking about... Funny enough, we talked about this last night. You <laughs> need some searing mustard to dip it in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our quiz master couldn't do the quiz last night, so Tom done the quiz. You should do, get a hawker tray because it'd be cool and you could like, sell ice creams or <laughs> little bits, little snacks, yeah. trinkets. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think part of the... Part of the, part of the issue with that is that that lady that you're talking about obviously just did that. And whether she was the landlady or not, that was like such an ingrained part of their their process. That's fine. When you start layering it on top of all of the little things that we already do in a yeah, modern business, yeah, yeah, yeah. it becomes like yet another thing. And then, and then yeah. there's a question of is it authentic? Does it make sense for the business? Well, it's like uh, roast potatoes on the bar on a Sunday night. You know, that's, they're nice little touches, right? They were like, yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really see spuds, that. Free spuds on the bar. You know, you get that. You know? The moment the moment you asking whether it's authentic. You've, you've lost because if you, if you were truly yeah. authentic, you would just you'd just, just do, do it, it. absolutely, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I guess that's yeah, it's really hard to. Um, I, we've got a pub that's 
101 years old or, or a year old, depending on how you age it. But, <laughs> but it looks like it's 100 years old, and it's um, and it's been a sort of bit of a challenge. But I think we've done it. People, yeah. people, a lot of people don't know that it's new. And it's it was pretty bare when we first yeah, opened it. Partly that's because we were just a bit behind yeah, doing yeah. the decorations. But but it's also we just built it up, built it up with stuff, right? Merch from people. Some of it's modern, some of it's old, some of it's from our personal lives. Some yeah, it's stuff that's stuff. Yeah, and that's, yeah. it doesn't feel contrived. Well, we hope it doesn't. But and you do go in places where you feel that everyone's just under like a, a bric-a-brac list, and they've done this new refurb, they've just dropped it all in, and it just doesn't. It feels like we feel quite organic the way it's happened because it literally has happened organically because we've just added bits in. And I've cleaned out my cell the other day. Brought some I, I, I remember doing. A, I worked for Bib Farco and I started, and, and lots of things were great, but some of it was pretty contrived. And I remember doing a project on a particular brand of of um, oldie worldy pubs that, and it was literally a company, and it was like, right, the budget is X per pub. You drive around with a massive load of like jugs and stuff and it's the same stuff just going up and someone comes in and an expert uh comes in and and looks at the bar and goes right you need two copper things there yeah, two yeah. things there use a camera i think and i saw it, a camera i think and it was so depressing yeah. <laughs> it was just awful and old just, camera you need two old cameras there's always a couple of old cameras yeah, around. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah 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 <laughs> you cannot get dinner at the moon underwater wrote George Orwell, but there's always the snack counter where you can get liver sausage sandwiches, mussels, a speciality of the house, cheese, pickles, and those large biscuits with caraway seeds in them, which only seem to exist in public houses. Best of all, he continued, I'm able to order the snacks via the StoreKit QR code mobile ordering system. It's an extremely elegant piece of software where I order in 25 seconds or just five taps, and it remembers my order for next time, which is particularly useful because I'm engaged in recursive buying behavior. It batches my order with that of my friends, so it sends one ticket for all of us to the kitchen and a separate one to all of us for the bar, which wouldn't matter to me at all, but I can hear whoops of delight from the kitchen staff. I go to the moon underwater, wrote George Orwell, to listen to my favorite podcast, Served With. I subscribed immediately when I was contemplating setting up a hospitality business for myself because of nuggets of wisdom from all areas within the industry. And you, my reader, should subscribe too. I will see you very soon for another episode of Served With.